Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 211. In this episode, you're going to hear from Nicole Stanfield. And Nicole, she personally experienced burnout, and now she helps entrepreneurs who struggle to take time away from their business to create sustainable work-life balance. In this episode, Nicole is going to share how to get through burnout, how to recognize burnout, and then she gives so many actionable, tactical steps that you can use, that you can implement in your life today to push through burnout. Well, nope, push through burnout is probably the exact problem. So what you can do to overcome burnout or to avoid burnout, it's easy to get in the habit of work, 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 go, 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 but long-term that might not sustain you. So listen to this episode. I know that you're absolutely going to love what Nicole has to say, but before we start, I want to tell you about the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. If you're not aware, it's Ordinary to Badass Facebook community is the actual name of the group in Facebook. I would love for you to join. It's for other badass women or women aspiring to be badass women. And we're propelling each other forward. It's a girl game, but in a good way. If you're looking to push your boundaries or push out of your comfort zone, but have a group of women who are there to support you along the way, then this is absolutely the group for you. Or if you want to continue the conversation from the podcast, then that's the group to join. So Ordinary to Badass Community in Facebook, join today. Let's get to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm so glad you're here. Today's guest is Nicole Stanfield. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited, Marie. It's going to be great. So before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? When I was looking at that question earlier, I was like, oh man, am I, what does badass mean, right? And so I love that you define it as having confidence and being able to stand in my own power and acknowledge what I need. So I work every day to be more badass <laughs> than I, love that. I have previously right before I was trying to be definitely fit in with ordinary and now I'm definitely leaning more towards the badass side (laughs) so was there anything along the way that made you feel badass like a specific instance or has it been like a series of events no it's really so when I it's when I burned out like honestly that event was really quite uh big uh, for me like I don't want to use the word traumatic um, but it was a really life-changing event and so I ended up um, 
I was before I was like really committed to trying to be perfect and trying to do all the right things. And uh, my life had to look a certain way and worrying about how come this wasn't happening or that wasn't happening and, and some of those things. And as an entrepreneur running my own business, it was all on me. And so I just got into this cycle of being busy all the time and just running around, not even having 15 minutes to myself or break and going from the morning to networking meetings at night, getting home like eight and just being exhausted. And that's what I thought I needed to do to survive and to make things work and to pull everything together. And then I burned out and a lot of things shifted for me. Um, I didn't realize I was burning out, right? Because I, I didn't know what some of the signs of burnout were that I was, I would get frustrated. If I got an email, I'd have to like go and like be angry for like 15 minutes after getting a client email uh, or I would attend a meeting and I was like, that meeting was so stupid and I can't handle it. And, and just like rage quit after the meeting. Uh, we all know about that now with zoom, right? With some of the meetings we have to right. attend. Um, and then I would, I would like accomplish something that would have been really big in the past. And I would be like, Oh, nobody will care. It's not a big deal. The client won't like it anyways. And I didn't realize that these were all signs of, burnout, uh, I would get through my week and I would feel on the weekend like I was, I knew I wasn't sick, but I'd feel so low in energy that it almost felt like I was sick. Mm. It was really weird. I call this work week sickness and I would just be like, get to the weekend and be like, oh, I have nothing left to give. I don't care about laundry. I don't care about dinners. I don't care about cleaning the house. I just want to lay in bed, honestly. And so all of those things, I was like trying, running this, almost this treadmill where I was like, okay, these are my goals and this is how I'm going to accomplish them. And so I need to work harder and I need to make more money in order to accomplish them. And I just kept running faster and faster. And eventually, I don't know, hit the wall, fell off. It stopped, hit the panic button, <laughs> whatever that is. And I got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't go forward anymore. Um, and that it was a really scary place to be. I was really, uh, I was scared. I was worried. I didn't know what to do next. I've always been someone that's very motivated and driven. And it was just like, I had nothing left to give mentally, physically, emotionally, nothing. So I was like, oh, I'll fix this. I'll take a week off and that will fix everything. <laughs> and I can see you smiling. Yeah really high hopes there. And um, it didn't, it didn't like just magically solve everything. I just, for that week, I was like, I sat on the couch and I just did really nothing. I read and then it was like a chore to feed myself or to do laundry or to take a shower and some of that stuff. So then I had to come back and re-engage with the real world and be like, what, what is going on? And I realized that the things I was holding on to, and I'm going to be super honest it's not like a pretty thing, but it was the money. I was terrified of losing this big client because of the money. And I had to say that my mental health and my physical health wasn't worth it. And I had to walk away from that. And I chose to do something different and not work with that anymore. And I lost about $20,000 um, by that choice and some personal relationships. And that was really hard and just brutal and yeah do I am I doing the right thing am I not doing the right thing like that question is going through my head all the time 
And so that frustration and that just like exhaustion, overload and overwhelm, it was sort of like a crucible that in the end, after I had a couple months of being like super, not having very many commitments, being very uh, free, having free time to just do whatever I needed to do to help heal myself, then I discovered that I don't want to go back to some of those things where I was. I, I refuse to have my calendar filled every single day, all the time, all of my no spare time in between it, rushing around from thing to thing. Um, so I've had to tell people no, which is good. And it always sounds good. Like, yes, tell people no, but it can be really hard yeah. to set those boundaries and tell people no and be like, actually, I can't give energy to your thing because I barely have energy for myself. So that is where I head more towards acknowledging my needs to me is more of a badass attribute of being and not having to be mean about it, but being like, this is a healthy boundary and I'm going to communicate that to you. And these are my needs and I acknowledge them. Yeah. That's so, that's so important and so powerful. And really I love your journey and the story because it's like we were talking before we even started the podcast, it's the traditional, like badass, like be tough, power through, get done, you know, and then here our version of badass is like confidence and mindset and like doing what you have to do for yourself instead of what the world tells you that you have to do. So I think I love that. Thanks. Yeah. What was that? Well, actually, you know what? I want to ask you a bajillion more questions, but first I want to hear your story. <laughs> I want to hear where you started, where you're at now. I know you just told us part of it, but like, what kind of job were you doing before? What are you doing now? Tell us a little bit about your bio. Yeah. So I, when I, when I graduated college, I tried really hard to fit into this mold um, of the nine to five. <laughs> and I was awful at it. I was just so bad at it. And um, I kept trying to do it because that's how you do something sustainable and long-term and you're supposed to graduate college and then have a job and buy a house and get married and have kids and do all the things. And uh, that those didn't work out for me. And so I spent some time afterwards, like trying to figure out what, what am I going to do? And so in 2014, I decided to become a copywriter and I started my own business. So I did online marketing and that's where I, I put my foot in and to entrepreneurship and I was like, oh, this, this is cool. This is good. And I had that startup mentality and I was like, okay, I want to make this work. So I'm going to sacrifice whatever I have to it. And I didn't really have tons of finances, but I had plenty of free time. So I was like, that's what I'm going to give to it. And so then I did that um, for, and I still have my, my marketing business. So eight years later, uh, which is awesome because most uh, startups do not last super long. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and so working through all of those things, like looking back, I had to realize when I was still in startup mode, I was still running my business as in, I need to give every all my free time to it. I need to, it's my baby, right? I'm growing this thing and I need to make sure that it survives. And so sometimes that was at the detriment to myself. So then in 2018, I burned out and I also started my coaching business and I wanted to help people shift, which this is ironic. I wanted to help people 
focus on taking care of themselves and their needs. So, which is ironic because it happened, that was the year I burned out. Uh, and so then I, I needed to focus on that myself. And so since then, I have an, another business that I do some with. So right now I have about three businesses. And in the end, I think that that's what, where entrepreneurs are. I know that I'm more successful when I can do multiple different things, use different parts of my brain. And also what helped me survive 2020 and all of a sudden all the changes that happen. I work from home anyways, but having my husband home who likes music and I don't like music. I like it to be quiet was, oh man, such a, an adjustment. And then um, we worked through that and all those things, but you had to be flexible with what are you doing now and what are you moving over there? So even though I know that I, I'm not working in like a corporate environment, like I started off in, I know that those things still happen when challenges come up day to day and frustrations or people are in victim mode and they don't want to handle their own stuff and they just ugh, all over everybody else. And then everybody has to take care of their problems. Yes. <laughs> I definitely saw that when I was uh, at my little foray into the nine to five. So how, having three businesses, how do you respect the burnout or how do you prevent, because it seems like you'd be busy all the time. What are there parameters that you set for yourself so that you don't burn out? Yes. Yes. Good question. So because I, because I don't want to burn out again and I don't want to be in that position again, and I know what some of those emotions are. So one of the emotions that happens when I push myself too far is I get really grumpy. So if I've done too much, then the next day, normally I'm just so grumpy and frustrated and nothing makes me happy. And so that is a trigger for me to acknowledge, oh, actually the day before I did too much. My brain sometimes will tell me like more, more, you need to do more, you need to do more. So some ways that I kind of have some stops. To those things or some boundaries to them is that I try to have three items that I want to work on for that day. And then when I accomplish those, I can add more. So making shorter to-do lists, making sure that there's something for me on that to-do list for mm -hmm. my own self-care, for my mental health, whatever that looks like for you. And then in my calendar, I have scheduled times during my day that maybe I don't always meet those times, but it's a reminder when I see it. So I have a scheduled lunch and then I have a scheduled time for the end of my day. And then I have a scheduled reminder that I want to take time for myself, free time apart from other commitments or things that need to happen around the house or things that someone wants me to do. Sometimes I might give up that time in order to give it to someone or to have a conversation with someone they care about or whatever that is. But having the reminder in my phone helps me remember that that isn't just free time that doesn't have anything in it. I'm intentionally choosing, okay, I, I'm not gonna do my self-care time right now. Instead, I'm gonna talk to my best friend, which can also fill me up, so that's great. Right. So it helps shift away from, I used to look at my calendar and I would see empty space and be like, oh yeah, I have time for that. But I've called that the hidden no, because every time you say yes to something, you're saying no. To free time, downtime, you time, whatever you want to do time. And we just give it away so easily sometimes. 
So how do we avoid the hidden no? Is it simply by scheduling, like you said, or what are things we can do to stop doing the hidden no? Yeah, so one of the things that I found most effective is to have it scheduled out. If I'm going to take time for myself or I want this hour and a half to be for dinner and we're going to make dinner and then we're going to eat it, whatever that is. If I open my calendar and there's a block there that's scheduled, it's a lot harder for me to say no because I'm used to looking at it and being like, oh, block means it's filled. Even if it's something like self-care, personal time, something that could be moved around, I'm going to be a lot less likely to say yes if I see that there's something there. So that one is one boundary that helps me. Another way that, another thing that helps me is to have an in time for my phone for my day when I'm going to not check email because a lot of times that stuff will come through or it'll come through um, in like a text or something like that. So setting it aside and not checking that at eight or 9 p.m., when then it'll shift your energy and you might be like slowing down for the night and then you all of a sudden have to schedule something or you have to move something or whatever that is. So those are two ways that I help uh, give myself permission to take time for myself. And I acknowledge that I need that time. I think before I was like, I don't need that. I only need to do take time for myself when I'm really busy or when I'm really stressed or it's a stressful time of year, like the holidays. But I realize that I need small increments of it all the time throughout my day, whether that's taking my dogs for a walk or reading a book or going out dancing, whatever that looks like. I want to make sure that it is an included part of my day and that I don't just steamroller over it because I used to be pretty bad about that. (laughs) Oh, to beers, take a page out of Nicole's book. Don't just steamroll over your self-care time because it's so important. And I love that you schedule it in and are pretty unapologetic about saying, nope, not going to do it, you know, because I think a lot of times we feel like we have to come up with an excuse. Like somebody says like, oh, you want to go do this? And you're like, you have self-care time scheduled and you feel like you can't say that. Like you have to make some lame excuse so that they feel like it's okay, but it should be enough to just say, nope, I'm spending time with myself. Right. And I find that when saying no, it really helps me remember there, there are three things. One, no is a complete sentence. And I forget that a lot, right? I'm trying to come up with an excuse. Like I have soccer practice for my husband and all these things that I have to do. And they're like, oh, well, we'll go to together to soccer practice and be like, um, that's not what I that's wanted. <laughs> and then the second thing is, is that a lot of times we feel like we need to add more to that sentence. So just saying, thank you for thinking of me or no, thank you. I'm good. Though that kind of helps cut off the sentence, right? And stop it. And then the third one is one that I've used a lot and I, it kind of gives me permission to say that it's okay if I'm putting myself first. So the concept is that if it's not good for you, it's not good for them. So think about this like one of those networking events or an after-school event that you really didn't want to go to, but you were like, I have to, or I'm obligated, or what if I miss out or something like that. And you go and you sit in the corner and you hate it and you don't want to be there. You don't want to do anything. You don't talk to anybody. And I've been that person and I've done that. And I definitely didn't get any business out of that networking event or really anything 
positive out of it and spending that hour doing something else would have been a much better use of my time. And so I found that if I don't have good energy around something, me going to it and just being like this energy vampire suck of everybody else's energy is not going to be fun. And it's really one of the hardest places to say no is with family. I absolutely get that. It's so hard. So an option might be you could say, no, not right now. And how about this alternative? Or how about I meet you halfway? Or there's other options that you might be able to provide. So then it makes it, if it's really hard for you to say no, it could look a different way. So that's one way that I use to help say no to my family. (laughs) But in business, in business, it's, if it doesn't work for me, normally I'm going to show up like really negatively if I go. So it's better if I just don't go. And that gives me permission to say it's okay that my energy is low. I don't have to be on all the time. Yes. And it's kinder to yourself and to other people to just say no when you don't want to do something, you know, (laughs) people can sense like when you don't want to be somewhere. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they can. So earlier you talked about taking a pay cut, like having to take a $20,000 pay cut. Can you go back in time, like before you made that decision to, I don't know if it was leave the job or drop the account um, and how you were feeling. And then how were you able to take that leap? Uh, I was terrified. I was, I was really terrified. And it was like, this moment where my business was successful and I was making money and all those things that I had wanted and said that I wanted and worked really hard for the last four years to accomplish were there and were happening. And I had to have an honest moment with myself where I was doing like 15 minutes of work and then I would have to take an hour long break because I couldn't focus, I couldn't do anymore, I hated what I was doing and it was just awful. And it was, I like, how do you remember that moment, right? I just remember sitting down and being like, okay, so I've been away from this. I've taken a week off from everything and I'm slowly incorporating things back in. And there was an acknowledgement that the thing that was causing me the most stress, uh, I had to be really honest with myself. And it was um, this, this client. And I, I didn't want to. And I I talked with my husband a lot and it took probably a couple weeks for me to be okay and come to a point of saying that it would be okay. We could survive if I walked away Um, and I, my monthly salary was cut in more than half, like 60%. And luckily getting the support from him to be like, okay, well, then we got to make this work. So let's create a budget and be really, really strict. And we did, and we survived and we made it work. And um, I didn't think that we could, I didn't think we'd be strong enough. I didn't think we'd make it. And, and we did because that's what we had to do. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, is she telling me that I should walk away from this thing that makes me miserable? What I want you to hear is that there's always a line and we have to figure out what that is for ourselves. So if you've given it your all and you're like, okay, I'm going to commit for six months. I'm doing this. 
I'm giving everything I can and then it still isn't working out. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you're at that point. You get to decide what it looks like for you. But I found that even when it was really hard, whenever I walked away from a client that wasn't a good fit, that was making me physically ill, mentally and emotionally, I just would like cringe every time I got an email from them. I would tense up. My shoulders were crazy, tense and stressed. And I just had a lot going on that every time I let go of one of those clients that it was the best thing for me, even though it meant normally giving up the money. So what did you learn from that situation? I learned a lot quicker to identify clients that aren't a good fit and situations that aren't a good fit. And so it's like, when my stomach bottoms out, when I'm getting an email from someone and I, or I just feel like crazy tense and I'm stressed and I, and I'm sitting here answering email and my shoulders are almost at my ears. Some of those things that maybe we don't always recognize, but those physiological responses in my body are a way for me to say, Oh, wow, I'm, this is so much stress from this one client and then have a conversation with myself. Is it worth it? Is the money that I'm getting from this client really worth it? And actually this happened last year and it was really exciting because it only took me a month instead of like six months or a year before I was like, oh, this isn't a good fit. Oh, this is a really bad fit. Okay, cool. And I was just able to much faster identify when it was a bad fit. And so that when I told them, they wanted to say, hey, will you just stay on for a few more months or do that? And I was like, nope it's done. This is my boundary. I'm out. And it felt so good to say that, that just release and emotion and feel and just being like, I don't have to deal with this anymore. That is when I know I've made the right decision. Yes. I mean, even as you're saying, like, it just sounded so liberating, like, yes. (laughs) Yes. So how are you so in touch with yourself and your emotions and your decisions? Are you doing like meditation? Is it from like, going out and walks or what are you doing to stay grounded and to stay in touch with your intuition? I thank you. I appreciate that feedback that, that you see that Um, it's taken me a lot of work. Um, But the things that helped me the most in small increments were first meditation. You're absolutely right. Meditation, mindfulness meditation, which I was very judgmental about. So judgmental about Um, like five minutes helps me be more present. It helps me work on being focused. It shifted my brain. So when I was in burnout, my brain was really reactive. And then with mindfulness meditation, it helps shift from being reactive to reflective. So when I was in a meeting, it would, instead of being angry right away at something that frustrated me, I could take a minute and I could pause and then I could respond instead of just being like, wah, it was like, okay, what if it looked this way? So it, it helped shift that. And that is, um, proven scientifically proven that it can help you shift and retrain your brain instead of just hitting the angry button all the time to hit the like pause button for a minute. Um, so mindfulness meditation really helped me and I did it I do it so many different ways with like an app or with a timer or just silence or sitting in my car or before something like an interview, like I had meditated before today. Um, so I could just be really present during our conversation. Yes. Then, I know. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm a, go ahead. Sorry. Do you do 
meditation? Yes, I'm like obsessed with it. Um, recently, I've been like doubling down on it more than ever before. I used to be a five or 10 minute girl. And then um, I'm doing a 90 day challenge for an hour a day. So it's interesting. How's that going? It's going great. I'm about 40 days in. And yeah, it's just it's amazing how it just kind of takes the edge off or takes some of the stress off and just makes me more decisive. Yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of like being in the matrix <laughs> where it's like before you used to step into the bullets. And now when you're in, like, it just, you just see them go by and be like, oh, that used to really make me angry. Huh? Right. <laughs> okay. Yes. Otamir is definitely something to try. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I was so judgmental towards it. I was like, that's woo woo stuff. I will never do that. Uh-uh. No. So um, the science is what helped me shift and be like, maybe I could try it. And then I saw some results and that, that really helped. Um, and then yes, during my lunch, taking a walk outside, getting outside, uh, outside, being outside, it's really important and helps me the vitamin D I live in Colorado. So it's snowy and cold. So just getting sun during the winter time is super helpful. And then there was one, oh, uh, so I've worked with a coach previously. And I feel like working, if you're working in a mastermind or working one-on-one with a coach or you're working, doing personal development work, it helps challenge you. I did some personal development uh, seminars as well, and they were definitely very challenging. Yes. (laughs) So can you speak to that, like the power of a mentor? Yes. So... Um, whether it's like specifically within something that you're working for your career, then they can help kind of guide you in areas of, Hey, I see that you're struggling with this. Why don't you try that? So they can provide solutions, but personally, sometimes you just need someone to listen that doesn't live with you and that knows you and cares about you and wants you to succeed, but isn't in your family. So they have all that history or, um, close to you or whatever that looks like, right? So having that impartial person that cares deeply about you can be so helpful to just be like, I just need to get this off my chest. And I feel like a lot of times we know the answers to our own challenges, but sometimes it's hidden between all the things we're telling ourselves about it. And that's something that I'm working through is being like, I, I can work on it. I can do this. And sometimes Sometimes I just need to share or I need to talk about it or I need to work through it in order to have that breakthrough or I need to give my brain a break and let my diffuse thinking work. And then all of a sudden I'll be doing a yoga mid bedtime yoga session or something. And my brain has an idea. This happened last night about a lead magnet that I was working on the other day. And so that the opportunity to just take a breather, relax, not have to have every minute filled of every day or everything be super useful and productive. And I'm doing all these things and I got my to-do list done. Yay. You're going to have another one tomorrow. So do you do yoga very often at night? Um, I do it occasionally. It's not, I can't say that I have a habit. That'd be something that it'd be cool to work towards. Um, but sometimes my brain is overthinking things And whether it's meditation or it's yoga, it kind of helps me shift and take that step down. And I like to do yoga with Adrienne. She has these really, she has longer ones, but like 10, seven, 10 minute ones. 
that just make it really accessible to get a little bit of stretching in and a little bit of breath work in. So then I feel more relaxed going to bed. Ooh, I will have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. I know, I've always wondered why there weren't more like evening routines. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like people have morning routines, but like stretching or some type of like yoga or doing something at night to wind down seems like it would be so helpful too. Yeah, she's great. She's great and really accessible. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. Um, so earlier you mentioned signs of burnout and what are the signs of burnout? What is it that we would look for to find out like if we're getting close to being burned out or if a friend or family member is maybe suffer or suffering from burnout? Good question. So the, the three scientific signs of burnout are a lack of energy, a lack of motivation and a lack of confidence. So this is when I was talking about a lack of energy, like work week sickness, just getting to your weekend and being like, I don't even care about anything. I just want to stay in bed because that's the only place I feel like I can take a break. And then lack of motivation just felt like I, why was I doing the things I was doing? It didn't matter. Nobody cared. I wasn't making a difference anymore. Like all those, those things that your brain can sometimes tell you. And then for me, lack of confidence, just it, my creativity dried up, like just, and I was doing marketing. So creativity is really important coming up with different campaigns and things. And, and I just, I've always been very creative and had lots of ideas and it just, I had nothing. My well had run dry and that was really scary. So because of that, I, there wasn't really anything out there about, burnout that was a quick and simple way for me to tell. So I created my own burnout quiz um, that's like two minutes and just kind of a little bit of a, of a dipstick on what it might look like for burnout to show up for you, some things that you can do about it. And I share that um, if anybody, if any of your listeners want to check that out, that's on my website. Okay. And where can we find that? At myintuitioncoach.com. And so it's just on the homepage, or you could also take, uh, you could go forward slash burnout quiz. So what's something that we can do to find more balance? So if someone is listening to this and they're just hearing me talk and being like, I, I need balance. Yes. But I don't know what to do. I don't know how to take it. Where do I say no? How to identify those things? Right. So the first thing that I find is that your cup is probably really, really, really empty. And if it's not empty, it's got only a tiny little bit in it and you're giving from almost nothing. So the first thing is to figure out a way to help kind of give yourself a bit, give yourself a little bit amount, a little bit of good energy, a little bit of helping fill you up. So what I ask people to do, the first thing is to think about something that you could spend five to $10 on that would bring a smile to your face. What would yours be, Marie? Um, probably a cup of coffee. <laughs> right? I've got coffee. I've heard sushi. I've heard ice cream. I've heard a coffee is a really big one. But for me, it would be fresh cut flowers. I love roses. I know some people will be like, that's stupid because they're dead and they're going to die in like a week. And that's fine. They always bring a smile to my face. And so that's a little way to help fill yourself up and then identifying other ways. Oh, 
I like to read. Okay, I can take a little bit of time here and I can read for 30 minutes. Um, and I can put off the dishes for a little bit of time or I can get support with that so that I can do this thing for myself. So it's kind of, it starts the ball rolling slowly and it's a little thing you can add to your day. And then a lot of people are like, they expect these really big, amazing concepts to come from what I'm sharing with them. But in the end, they're really simple things. Remembering to take your lunch. A lot of people don't take their lunch or if they do, they eat at their desk. Right. So taking your lunch, stepping away from your desk. I, I don't care if you eat or if you put it off after your phone has gone off and you're like really in the zone, that's fine. But we need to acknowledge, hey, my body needs nourishment. My body needs a break. I need to take a step away mentally so that my mental load can shift and I can take a breather, right? And so that 20 to 30 minute break can have a huge impact on your productivity, your level of stress, your engagement, etc. I find I'm much more engaged after I've stepped away and done whatever I was going to do for that time period and then come back and be like, oh, okay, cool. I can try this again. Yes. No, I can relate to that. I used to definitely be a work through lunch kind of person or like I would eat at my desk if I had, or not if I had to, but I'd eat at my desk and then power through it. But there is such a difference when you just step away, even if you just go for a 15 minute walk or go around the corner, like there's just something to say about breaking the routine a little bit. Absolutely. I would, before I burned out, I would be like, this is so important. I have to get it done. And so I would drink like a smoothie maybe, or it would be all of a sudden 2 PM and I'd look up and I'd be like, how did I even get there? And so I'd eat like a candy bar or I'd have a soda or an energy drink or something just so I could push through. And I'm done with pushing through. I'm, I'm done with toxic productivity and pushing myself to do more, to be always at my limit and always at that breaking point and always have my cup be empty. Yes. I like it. Breaking the boundaries, breaking the norm and doing what works for you and what's healthy for you. So good. Yeah. So you sound like you're going to say something. Go for it. I was, I was. So earlier we had talked about like doing something to help your audience challenge themselves. And you had talked about how do you know yourself so well? And a lot of that is sharing, going through the conversations, but then it's the reflective time. So that's how we start to identify, oh, every time this happens to me, every time I have a bad client, I get crazy stressed and I hate these things. And oh, it's showing up for me right now. Maybe I have a client that's not a good fit. (laughs) So an activity that someone could do is that they could open up their phone and they could text the last person that they texted and they could say, for the next week, I want you to help hold me accountable to eating lunch away from my desk. And they have to send a picture of where they had their lunch, someplace that's not their desk, and they just send it one day a week. And it sounds really simple, and that is, but it can help shift your habit and it can help raise awareness because if you're sitting there doing your lunch and you're at your desk, then are you going to go like go to the corner so you can take a picture <laughs> of something else? But then it's forcing you to reflect on your actions and saying, oh, I am doing this. It's unconscious or no, it's intentional. Okay, if it's intentional. That's your thing, whatever. But when we're making unconscious decisions and we don't even realize that we're doing it, that's when we get into behaviors that take us to a point where maybe we burn out 
or we continue doing destructive things or toxic things. So we don't really know, oh, maybe that's worse than I thought it was, but I never kind of got that awareness of it. So little challenges can help you recognize what your habits are. Yeah. And it can actually, or also be accountability. Like you're holding yourself accountable. That's going to probably motivate you to do it a little bit more. And then who knows what you're going to do for the other person too. Cause they might be like, Oh, maybe I should start doing that. So it's only a win-win. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the beginning, accountability really helped me do things because I didn't want the other person to be like, why didn't you do this? And being like, Oh, so that was a really simple way to just shift that. Yes. And I think it's kind of knowing yourself, knowing what works for you. It might not work for everybody, but um, I know certainly in my life, like with running or exercising, it's absolutely helped having somebody to check in on me or to meet up and run or whatever, you know, it just makes me more likely to do it. Absolutely. So let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. So my message that I would want to share with you is that I want to make sure that I, I guess, I guess it's, there's, there's two parts. The first part is that you can be successful and still put your needs first. You don't have to sacrifice your success just, um, and yourself at the same time. Right. And then the second thing is, and this was really important for me, was that I'm worth it. You are worth it, regardless of what you've accomplished or haven't accomplished or want to accomplish, that right now in this moment, you are worth it. And so taking the time to take care of yourself is very important, whatever that looks like for you. And you know, right now, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, yeah, that thing that I need to do, That's what it is. And because it's no one else's responsibility, but your own, no one else will do it for you. So good. And how can we connect with you, Nicole? Great. So if you want to learn more about becoming a balanced entrepreneur or including more balance in your life, you can go to my website at myintuitioncoach.com. And I offer different resources for you. You can find that quiz there. And I also have a coaching program that I work with people to incorporate more balance without sacrificing their success. Thank you so much. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you, Marie. I love being with you and having this conversation. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.